Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva, and I'm an extreme extrovert. So, today, um, I woke up, I had uh, rehab until 9 a.m. to 1, and I learned some interesting things today. I learned about, uh, I learned about, I can't remember exactly the words that they used, <laughs> um, but we learned about the association that addiction has um, in our brains. And so, for example, um, when you... I'm going to just use myself as, as, an, as an example. Um, for example, drinking. Um, when I often think about drinking, I think about, like, sun, uh, patios, um, fun, friends, um, smell of good food... You know, and a lot of these things can be triggering for some people um, because it reminds them about a substance. For example, um, I have a lot of friends that are addicted to, to, to tobacco. Um, tobacco um, it's kind of a fun... <laughs> I wouldn't say fun, but it's a, kind of a fun social construct to tobacco. Um, just because, like, a lot of my friends will go and like to patios to meet friends, you know, ask them if they'll be like, oh, hey, do you have a cigarette? It's a very social um, norm to smoke tobacco. And also in many cultures, it's okay to smoke as well. And so that might be, you know, something that could put, be potentially triggering because say your family always likes to sit outside and smoke and drink for uh, Thanksgiving. Or for, you know, a holiday or for a get-together or for a ritual. Um, for a custom, you know. And that can be really tricky to try to kick that habit when such happy things are associated with it. And um, it's been interesting because um, with the topics and the strategies that I have been presented with in therapy um one of them that i thought was very interesting was the uh something i can't remember what it was called but it was like called like trigger denial or something like that where it's like when you get stressed i find myself i used to say this and also like a bunch of my friends still kind of say this too no no problem with it like i'm not pointing y'all out i love you guys um but you know, it's just a normal thing to do. For example, uh, if you have a hard day at work, you're going to be like, oh, God, I need a drink, you know? And it's easy to be like, oh, I'm going to just go with my friends to a patio and have that drink, you know? It's just easy. I feel like I'm saying, you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to try not to put so many filler words. But anyway. And I found that kind of with myself I was like shit so the denial thing about um, introducing new concepts to your craving is instead of being like oh hey I really want this like craving for a substance like alcohol I'll be like oh you know what I just really want sugar you know I'm not really like identifying the craving but kind of denying that it's like alcohol it might be something else and then that way it's kind of easier to fill in that 
desire and that association. So, for example, um, the other day I felt really stressed and I got some ginger beer. I got some ginger beer at that store. Um, there's also a lot of non-alcoholic beers that they also sell um, at grocery stores. And for me, I just kind of like sat there and drank my ginger beer. Um, it was kind of like drinking alcohol without actually having the substance. But that's what I am trying to get at here. Like, you know, maybe introducing a more healthier alternative to addictions. So, for me, this has been kind of hard to do. Just because I feel like for the longest time I've always kind of used alcohol as a social construct to make friends and mainly to be included, mainly to be myself and mainly to feel, you know, like I am brave enough to like go about, you know, maybe dancing with a stranger or like making a new connection with somebody. And now that that substance is no longer in my life, when I feel those anxieties and I feel like those desires and maybe even craving like, oh shit, you know, like I'm walking past the liquor store, it's okay to acknowledge like, you know what, it's okay. I have this craving and I, it used to be a thing for me now, but instead of doing that, what am I going to do instead? You know, am I going to go to the gas station and get an icy instead? Am I going to go take a walk with my dog? <laughs> am I going to, you know, maybe talk to a friend? Something like that. It seems so elementary, but sometimes you just need to be reminded that it's okay to trick yourself. You know, it's okay to trick yourself and think like, you know, it's a long weekend, you're home by yourself, Netflix is on, you know, instead of grabbing a beer, you can grab like some tea or like some coffee. I don't know, it's very interesting. And I've I found that like some things really work um, in that respect, but it's okay if they don't, you know, cause we're all different. And I just, I've been learning about this. One thing that I've really um, continued to bring up through my recovery is that reminding yourself that your journey is your own and reminding yourself that yes you might be at a certain stage in your life yeah you might be a certain like you know whatever and you maybe might not even feel like you're up to speed i for sure don't i feel like sometimes like when i look at my other friends or like people that are really um successful and they are you know in the same age range as me I'm like, damn, you know, I put myself down and that's not okay. You know, you should not put yourself down for those things because you are doing the best that you can. And like everyone has their own struggles, right? People don't know your struggles and you don't really know a lot of other people's struggles as well. And it just kind of made me move into a direction of really viewing people in general. I feel like when you look at somebody and maybe they're you know homeless or maybe they're maybe not as fortunate as you I think sometimes it's easy to kind of criticize sometimes it's easy to be like oh hey they don't have their shit together and I realized that like a lot of 
those people <laughs> that are like, you know, struggling on the street with homelessness and with addictions, I feel like those potentially could be me. And I, and when I like see those individuals along in Minneapolis, which you will see them a lot, um, in Minneapolis, Nicollet Mall, Franklin Avenue, you know, there's just special, specific areas in Minneapolis that we just have a lot of population with people that like to use substances like or, you know, are dependent on substances, especially meth. And, you know, I, I just kind of try to look at them in a light where I'm like, you know what, that could have been me, that, that, and I'm not going to look at them any less of a person's because they are really struggling with something that I don't even know about. You know, it, maybe it's too personal. Maybe it's something, you know, that they have been dealing with, with for years. Maybe it just happened. And I just like the this concept of, like, everyone, like, just dealing with their own stuff. It's just really reassuring for me because I feel like my issues are not on a silver platter. They're not displayed for anybody but yourself. You know what I mean? And as well with that, making it easier to kind of go about my journey and not putting so much pressure on myself, so much blame, because I know that other people in my situation would do different. And other people in, with an addiction have done different. And it's okay if they're on a different path too. And like, just entering rehab in general has just painted a different view for me about people in general. I, it, it's kind of a weird thing that I never really thought that I was going to think about. I never thought that I was going to be more um, genuinely interested in people and their stories and their um, advices. I think sometimes, um, especially in recovery, I feel like a lot of people see like the positive influencers on YouTube or on their Facebook or in groups that are like, oh, you know, I'm doing so good. I'm so, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. And it's okay if you're not doing good. It's okay if you're not, you know, like 10 years sober. It's okay if you're like at your second day, even if it's day one. I, I feel like you have to realize, and I also have to remind myself that like day one, is one day ahead that you have finally become. You finally become one day ahead of where you were you before. And like, it just keeps going. Today is a new day. Yes, you might have consequences, but you know what I mean? It'll, it'll work itself out. It's really funny because I made a post on my Twitter the other day about working from home, right? And I have my laptop all set up. I'm in my bed and it was one of those really early mornings. One of those early mornings where it was like a crack of dawn, 5 a.m. Uh, and I just had to get stuff ready, right? So I got my all my stuff ready, my laptop out to my desk. I have a little foldable desk that goes on my bed and I'm just like putting all my pillows in their place so that I can sit down comfortably for work, right? And I'm sitting here um, on my bed, like, 
dressed from the, you know, waist up <laughs> in my flashy attire. The bottom half is like pajama pants. I feel like everyone can kind of relate to this. And I'm just going about my day, right? You know, making calls, talking to people, um, doing rehab, things like that. And I was like, you know, it's so hilarious that this is actually happening because I remember at one point in my life, I was like, man, I just wish I could work from home. I just wish that I could just lay in bed and accomplish things. How easy would that be? You know, all the times that I would lay in my bed and I'd have to be like, oh, oh, work is, God, I got to get up for work. I got to get dressed. It's so hilarious because I'm actually at a point where I don't have to get dressed. I don't have to get out of bed. And it's a dream come true. Uh, it's, it's not the perfect time. But this kind of brings me to a topic where I was talking to a friend and I was saying like everything that happens, everything that you wish for and that you want to happen in your life happens. Like everything that you desire like, if you really think about it, it happens. But sometimes it just happens at a funky-ass time. Like, sometimes it just happens where you, you're like, I never planned it like this. <laughs> like, I always planned to be sober um, by the time I turned 30. You know, almost there, 28. You know, I'm hitting, trying to hit my goals, sober before 30. And this has always been my goal since I was, like, 25. And it's funny because I never thought that I would get to this point. I thought that maybe I could, you know, do it by myself. And maybe, you know, I wouldn't need help from others. But I realized that it's okay if you can't really do it by yourself. Um, it's awesome if you can. And I've, I have heard, like, you know, stories about people, you know, that just randomly kick hobbies or kick habits. And that's amazing. Like, and that was my goal. I was hoping to kind of do it myself until I realized that it was actually a bigger issue that I needed professional help for. And for a long time, I was like ashamed, you know, ashamed by that. And I realized like, I was like, you know, it's not really something that I should be ashamed about. It's something that I want to break a stigma about. I want people to talk about it and be like, hey, you know, it's okay to be like this. And it's okay if we're at different stages of life. But, I don't know, it was, it was an interesting story. One of my friends, um, I'm gonna do a shout out to Angel. Angel, I know you listen. I know you listen to my podcast, so hey. Hey, <laughs> I love you. This is one of my best friends. Anyway, um, this guy, he, he had, he got some, he got sick, right? Um, and it was interesting because he got really sick and he was trying to kick the, uh, an addiction. It was tobacco, you know, I'm not, I'm going to put him on blast because tobacco is not an addiction that really has a huge stigma. And, you know, my friend, I know him enough. I think he'll be okay. He's pretty okay with me giving him a shout out. So, um, you know, he had an addiction. Well, yeah, to tobacco. And he got sick. And when he got sick, um, you know, he just couldn't have cigarettes. It made him feel worse. So, like, for the time that he was, you know, getting himself better from the cold or whatever he had, um, it actually turned out to be 
kind of a good situation. It, uh, like, after he became better, <laughs> he realized that he didn't really need cigarettes. He didn't really feel like he needed those anymore. And I think that that's how life kind of plays with us. You know, we always want to do something and then sometimes life is just like, bam. You know, gives us what we want, but in the most weirdest ass way <laughs> ever. And I don't know, I, I think that um, trying to be optimistic about what life can bring is kind of a good thing to remember. At least for me, anyway. Everyone's different, but I try to think of, like, happy things and optimistic things that I can do throughout the day. Um, so I guess the main question I want to ask you guys is what what are like smells and tastes that make you feel best about yourself or make you feel good about an experience or about life in general so for example I'll give you an example um one sense especially like taste or a sense of smell um that I really consider something very nice and warm in my life is hot chocolate. Some people have drank Abuelita. Abuelita is a hot chocolate. It's just a brand. It's kind of like Nesquik or whatever. It comes in a little chocolate block and you kind of like, you know, cook it up. Not cook it up, but you know, you kind of melt the chocolate and you be- and you make a hot chocolate that is... Abuelita is bitter. It's a bitter hot chocolate you gotta add your own kind of stuff whether you want cream or sugars and stuff like that it doesn't naturally come sweet and when I have abuelita I just really think about um you know warm family um something that really associates happy things in my life it's one thing that I really enjoy the sound of is the sound of moving cars. I, I realized that about myself. I love going to the beach um, where in Minneapolis, we're kind of a city, so there's a lot of cars and traffic by beaches. So like just the noise of like, you know, waves and cars driving by is just really relaxing for me just because most of my life I have you know, associated that with very good memories, like going to sailing school or traveling, you know, to the beach to meet my friends or something like that. And I think that it's kind of nice to create a happy space in your mind sometimes and remember that, you know, we still have those feelings that are positive. And I've just realized through my whole journey so far, I believe today is day four of rehabilitation. And I've just realized that um, some of the things that I thought that I really um, liked doing associated with drinking or like feelings that I thought I liked were actually things that I learned that I don't need. Um, For example, one really great memory that I have is um, in the summertime I'd always go on a patio and I'd drink summer shandy. Summer shandy um, is like a light beer and it's kind of lemony. Oh, with a lime, it's great. 
you know, you put a lime in, on the top of the glass, and you gotta get in a glass, because the glass is the coldest, and it just tastes crisp when you're, like, out on a summer day, you know, and the sun is hitting your face, and you just want to relax. And I can still get that same feeling and same satisfaction, you know. I can still go outside, feel the heat on my face. I can still see the people walking around happily, you know, walking their dogs, um, playing with their children, going onto the beach. Um, once, obviously, once COVID is done, but you know, I can still feel that like satisfaction without having that alcoholic beverage. And I'm really realizing this now. And I was really proud of myself. You know why? Because there's a section at my work where they do sell alcohol. Um, and I sometimes will walk past that section. And like in the past, I would always see like if anything was on sale. Because sometimes something is damaged or on sale. Which means that the alcohol was super cheap. It was like maybe like 75 cents for a beer or something. A dollar for a beer. And that was for me very tempting because I was like, oh, it's only a dollar, you know. Drinking is a very expensive hobby. Um, (laughs) Any addiction is really expensive. You know, meth, cocaine, whatever it is. Even if it's tobacco. Tobacco is really expensive too. (laughs) Whatever, which one. You know, and even if it's health related, like sugar. That's really expensive also. Because eventually you might get, uh, you know, some kind of health related concern. And so... Like, in my brain, I was like, oh, you know, it's only that much. It can't be that. You know, if I only have one, it won't bother my paycheck. It won't bother my money. It won't bother my traveling goals. It won't, you know, won't really contribute to much damage. But what I was realizing was, like, every time I would, like, get, like, one beer and walk home, it was kind of a way for me to clear my way, clear my brain while I was, like, walking home. And I was like, this is, like, what are some other alternatives? Well, I can listen to music. I can talk to a friend. I can finish up my podcasts. I can do something that is productive. I can write. I can, you know, maybe get a different kind of drink that you can drink at work. Maybe get some water. And it's so easy when... We have all these, like, other things not distracting us, I've noticed. I've noticed that, you know, when your brain is, like, focused, it's so easy to be like, hey, you know, I don't have to do this. But, you know, life is not that easy. Sometimes we get these, like, distractions. Sometimes, you know, somebody fights with us. Sometimes somebody hurts us. Maybe sometimes, you know, you run into a dilemma. And it's not as easy to think about these things in your brain and I know that sometimes it just seems very elementary but like writing these things down um I started writing a notebook about like things that I can remind myself so I can visually see when I am feeling like dysregulated or feeling a craving I can look at my list and be like okay what what these are the things I want you know pretending Sorry if um, the podcast kind of came into a late start. I'm sorry if it got into uh, a kind of a 
It kind of got a little uh, wishy-washy in the beginning. <laughs> My words were a little stumbly just because I've been in meetings all morning and I today was my first um, mental health um, evaluation. I'm working with a psychologist and then I'm also working with a chemical dependency um, therapist and I've been talking to a lot of people today about a lot of information about my past and about um, how I feel in general with or without the substance. It's been a lot of talking to people um, over and over again, day in, day out. So I just feel like sometimes when I start my podcast, it's kind of hard to get my brain kind of focused and kind of um, in the zone. It takes me a little bit. Um, I will work on that, but thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I really um, love doing these podcasts because I am working really hard to normalize the talk about addictions and mental health. And I just hope that if anybody else is going through what I'm going through, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Even though COVID is a really weird time and... Um, me, myself, I find myself kind of trying to reorganize my brain, you know, instead of um, going to bars or like certain places I used to go before to like make friends and connections, um, kind of really opening up my mind and thinking, you know, joining groups or, you know, going maybe to the gym once it opens up, you know, to make reconnections to people that um, promote healthy lifestyles and stuff like that. Uh, one thing I did want to kind of touch up on is one of the things that they kind of suggest in therapy is they're like trying to get rid of things and people <laughs> get rid of. It just sounds so um, horrible, but <laughs> you know what I mean though, like just kind of like not getting rid of, but like um, moving away from those like people or things that remind us of you know using or remind us of something that triggers us and that has been an interesting thing for me because um i'm like i have had um many friends that i've known for many years and that is something that i'm not personally going to do i'm not going to eliminate um friends um luckily none of my friends trigger me I just thought that it was a very interesting um, situation, uh, topic to talk about, because um, I actually had a few friends like kind of cut me off after they became sober um, before me, because I'm I just entered rehab, and it just kind of puts um, how I view you know, relationships in a new light. You might not even think about it, you know? You might not think about, like, oh, hey, every time this person's out, they're always, like, you know, having a cigarette, or they're always, like, smoking, or they're always using. And it's definitely harder to quit when the people around you are doing the same thing. And I've just been very thankful because um, publicly announcing that you're sober and, you know, telling people that you are not (laughs) or you are um gaining a sobriety in life 
has just been very um, new to me, and um, they, like, my, um, the people that I work with in my therapy even said that um, you can, you know, eliminate clothes, eliminate items that kind of remind you or trigger you, and I never really thought about that. I, I don't really feel like I have any, like, physical things that um, trigger me, but I guess I never thought about it. And that's just a topic that is new, <laughs> and maybe something new for other people as well. But anyway, it is a very beautiful day in Minneapolis. I'm along the West Bay Makaska, and it's really beautiful. Like, right now, the beach is, like, has that crisp first layer of ice. You can still see the water, but the ice is just along the shoreline and you can like step on the ice until the water is just like you know what I mean like sand ice snow and then just water it's really beautiful and it kind of brings me back into a very happy space in my brain I like walking along the lake it's very relaxing for me and that's something that I like to do to just um, recenter myself And I hope that everyone at least has a little bit of time today for themselves, whether it's just a few minutes. Just take a deep breath and kind of look around you, observe, you know, some things that you like. And hopefully everyone can be in a safe place or a productive place today in their mind. Anyway, I gotta get going, but I really appreciate you again. For listening and safest 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 of travels